Sports is recorded in Harrisonburg, Virginia, in the heart of the Shenandoah Valley. Starring Dave. Surprising little fun fact, King Griffey Jr. was the first number one overall draft pick to go into the Hall of Fame. Chris. ALCS MVP for the Houston Astros. Gary Sanchez. Brad. You're a professional. Act like you've gotten criticism before because obviously you have. And Joe. Yeah, Chris Davis is awful. And now, 4D Sports. Welcome to another episode of 4D Sports. We have Coach George Loss with us here on 4D Sports, another favorite of ours and hopefully a fan favorite as well of the 4D Sports podcast. And Coach Loss, you were set to make your debut this summer as the manager of the Strasburg Express, but with everything going on with coronavirus, uh, that put that debut on hold for at least another year. Uh, but I know you have some exciting news to do with baseball uh, that you'll be doing, uh, I think, starting this weekend. So uh, I'll give you a chance to talk about that. Yeah, first first off, I thank you guys for having me on the show. You know, you guys are always a class act. Uh, my family loves listening to the, to the podcast. <laughs> And I, I try to promote you as much as possible because I firmly believe in not just investing in local radio, but local people. You know, you guys have been standout members of our community, supporting high school sports, supporting uh, with broadcast. And what you do for these kids will give them lasting memories forever. So uh, don't just put me on a pedestal. You guys deserve a round of applause as well. Uh, you know, some of the stuff that you've done recently during these times. Uh, especially with Ray, Ray Hernandez, again, yep. another favorite. Uh, but, you know, this this year with everything getting shut down, the high school season got shut down. Uh, there was a big baseball hole in my heart. And uh, we got an opportunity. I went and worked out for the Bridgewater Reds. And I actually going to I'm going to play one last season uh, in the <laughs> RCBL. So, uh, you know, it's it's a blessing in disguise. Uh, I can't thank Derek Shifflin enough, one of my former players. And it's crazy. I cannot tell you enough, and I've, I've made this reference before with you guys when you asked about Disney movies, but the circle of life, Lion King quote, uh, it always happens. Uh, there's there's times where when you're going to least expect it, and, and good karma can happen to you. It's not always bad karma that happens, but good karma. And Derek uh, was very prevalent in giving me this opportunity, and I can't thank him enough because, you know, not having Major League Baseball, not having the Valley League, uh, and I was very excited because Strasburg is a great community. Uh, it's very similar to what Stanton uh, represented during our time down there with great ownership, great host family support. Uh, we had a fall fundraiser, and I can't tell you the amount of people that came out to it. It just got a lot of excitement out. And working with the GM, um, Parker Neal and Matt Neal mm -hmm. and Jay Neal and Butch Barnes, and, and some of the players that we had coming in this summer was just uh, – it was ready to get back in there and, and just, you know, as a head coach, you get to make the calls and the decisions. And, and it was something I was really looking forward to. And it was a huge kick in the gut when it didn't happen. But getting the chance to play in RCBL, it's going to be stacked with talent. Uh, I'm the 30th man on a roster, so don't expect me to be out there leading the charge. <laughs> um, some of these kids are, uh, you know, the kids that were going to play in the Valley League. And they just picked up. And it's great that the RCBL increased the, the size of the rosters. Um, in size of the out-of-town players that can come into play. And it's going to give some great communities around us uh, a chance to see some very, very outstanding baseball. Well, I know I'll be trying to follow along with uh, via social media and stuff, I'm sure, trying to see how you're doing there in the RCBL. Um, 
But you talked about uh, with the Valley League, Strasburg and the community support. I know I talked about that a little bit with the Neals and even John last week. I touched on, you know, kind of being introduced to that passionate Strasburg fan base a few years ago when they were playing Waynesboro in the championship, uh, a championship that Strasburg would end up winning. Uh, but the trip down to Waynesboro during a weeknight where Strasburg filled their half of the stadium with ease uh, and was filling up the hill behind their bleachers there uh, at Kate Collins. And I know you said you were there for a fall fundraiser. Uh, what has your experience been like? I know you touched on it briefly there, but were you kind of surprised at how much passion there is there or with your time at Stanton and even Harrisonburg, in the Valley League, uh, were you kind of aware of it already? Well, you know, the we talk about baseball networking. You meet some great people along the way. Uh, you get to experience some pretty cool things. Uh, and and even though we competed every day against each other, and we actually lost a championship to them on our home field, mm-hmm. uh, you know, you get to see what true colors are from from the people that you work with or the people that you compete against. And you know as they they always brought a good crowd, even to Stanton, they brought a good crowd. They had a good organization. Uh, I've talked with the coaches and everybody was just very impressed with everything that they've done. And there was a couple times that I actually worked with uh, Butch Barnes, uh, the trip down to North Carolina, the first trip for the scouting games, uh, the prospect games. And I was the pitching coach and I got to spend a lot of time with Butch. There was two nights where we just hung out. And he always said, hey, if things don't work out in Stanton, would you ever consider Strasburg? And I said, you know, I said, one day when that bridge is there, we'll we'll cross it. And, um, you know, I was grateful for the last two years in Harrisonburg, uh, working with Bob Weiss and the Turks. And the chance to, to, you know, be on the JMU turf field was amazing. Um, And one of the cool trips that we always take every summer is up to Strasburg because it's a hitter's ballpark. And anything can happen at any given time. And I've always admired the games that they, like the the strategy they had. It wasn't so much about small ball. It was letting their hitters hit. And all the players that we've had through all-star games and prospect games, they just talked about, you know, being able to come in and swing. And, you know, some of their stats may be a little bit higher than around the league, but if the kids had so much confidence because they were getting a chance to do what they wanted to do and play the game they wanted to play and play their game. And like Brandon Quaranta and uh, Peak, you know, those guys, both different ends of the aspect, one hitter, one pitcher, but they just had a chance to come down, play the game they love and have fun. And that's what a lot of the kids really want. They want their opportunities. They want a chance to, you know, have a, a great summer to make up for maybe at bats they didn't get. But the chance to play in front of pro scouts is just, you know, something you you cannot simulate it anywhere. You can't simulate it sitting at home. So, um, you know, as I talked with Jay and as I talked with Parker and Matt and everybody up there at the fundraiser, it just felt right. I mean, it was a little bit. It's going to be a little change of travel. Uh, I've got a house in Grottoes now. It's an hour and five minutes from where we live. But sometimes the juice is worth the squeeze. It's true. Yeah. And, uh, man, you talk about being a fun trip. I, was it really fun to go to Strasburg when you were the pitching coach there in Harrisonburg? Cause I imagine the hitters there, the way the ball flies out of the yard. Uh, I don't know if, uh, I would be surprised if fun, uh, maybe you like the park and like the atmosphere, but 
knowing that you're a pitching coach, it's got to be a little stressful knowing that the way they swung the bat up there, trying to figure out how to tell your pitchers to keep the ball in the yard. And, and that's one of the things is you, we always talk to our players. I thought like, you know, when you're in the heat of battle, you always got the best out of the players. Uh, you always knew that they were going to give their best no matter what, if they were coming out in the first inning starting or coming in because it was their reps, they were never cheating themselves on their reps. But when you went to a place like Strasburg, you really had to buckle down and focus in on becoming a great pitcher. Because if you just go out there and throw, you leave something up, it can get, you know, just jacked to the left center field fence. And so the guys actually developed a little bit better mindset to where they learn how to pitch correctly. And there were a couple kids that worked on their off speed because if you just set the fastball there, you're waiting, you know, flirting with disaster as, as the song goes. But um, they took the time to develop their off speed. They worked down in the counts and, and, you know, the pitch counts were low. And how can I say that? Like there were, there were a lot of surprises of development. And sure. part of that was being at Strasburg. They had to learn how to throw their off speed. So uh, I say it was fun because that's, when the light bulb goes on and they, they learn how to do something that can apply to their skill set, it, it's fun to watch that. Yeah, that's a great point. And I know you're big in development. I mean, you have been not only with the Valley League and the local community through the Valley League, but also now at Stanton High School, uh, formerly R.E. Lee High School, where you've been the baseball coach there for a very long time as well. Um, I, I know you're you're gutted for the seniors there for the spring sports as well. But uh, talk about the challenges upcoming. Even I know you're involved with fall sports there too, a little bit. Uh, what do you make of the VHSL? I know that obviously that student safety is paramount there. And uh, is that something that as, as a member of a high school athletics program, are you optimistic? Are you pessimistic? Are you just kind of in a wait and see pattern like the rest of us? If, if you've always known me, I'm always a half glass full, you know, <laughs> uh, the glass is half full. And that's because, you know, so many people in this world will tell you how bad things are uh, news channels anywhere. They'll tell you how negative things are, how bad people are acting, but you know, there are a lot of good things going on and it sometimes, we have to deal with, uh, you know, some tragedies to where we have to overcome together and it brings us closer. And I'm hoping that with recent events, not just the COVID, but everything that's gone on with society period, um, you know, it's, it's going to strengthen our country to where we come back together and we use not just sports, but uh, the ability to go forward together and, and make this place better. And it's the same thing with, it wasn't just sports. I felt bad for uh, all seniors. You know, it right. was a. Uh, I felt like all seniors in all areas kind of got cheated out in, in high school. And luckily, the spring sport athletes in college are getting that opportunity of a fifth year. Mm -hmm. But it's just it still feels, you know, a little jaded because there were some good things going on. Um, Kate Gordon was going to have a great year at JMU for softball. Yep. Um, you know, all the local high school talent that we had that made runs the year before and. It was just something where we worked as a program to kind of right the ship and we finally got things going and it was just like a, I, I'm not going to say an act of God, but it was just like the cards didn't line up for us. Right. Um, so heading into the fall, uh, we're as in, informed as you are. Uh, we're kind of wait and see 
Mm-hmm. And, you know, in regards to everything that our school district has promised us, they're going to do what's best in the interests of our students and athletes. And I, I've admired the work that Dr. Smith has done. And, um, you know, our principal, Mr. Nate Collins, our activities director, David Tibbs, they've done a great job of trying to provide leadership. Uh, graduation was different this year for a lot of the kids, but it was a successful and And hearing some of the comments from the families and parents, um, it was very personal to where they had time to get individual recognition and pictures. And some of the stories were very touching. So um, I guess you could say we hope that we make the turn as this pandemic goes. But again, we don't know if we don't follow the guidelines, if we don't follow the data, is this going to be something that just keeps going over and over again? So we just got to be patient and see what directions and guidelines are going to guide us. But I think we can make it together if we all just use common sense and, and do the right thing. Yeah, the very important words and very good words there, Coach Loss. But I, I want to take the topic now to a more positive story uh, or a positive topic. I, I know you're big into wrestling. I've been <laughs> out of it for a while. Uh, we had you on last time. You tried to hook me back in, and I, I haven't bought all the way occasionally. On a Monday night, I'll flip over, see what's going on on Raw. Or I've even tried to check into this new AEW uh, a little bit. But uh, what have I been missing? What what do I need to know if I'm going to jump into wrestling? Well, the, the first thing is that, you know, I, I enjoy wrestling. I know it's fake. I explain this to the listeners so they don't think that oh, yeah, you know, no, I'm not in no, touch no, with no. reality. I'm definitely not judging <laughs> your fandom of wrestling. Written. Yeah, yeah. Yes, but it's something I've always enjoyed. My my grandparents, my parents, and even my friends down here, we, we just, it's the time to get together. It's kind of like the male soap opera. So with that yes. disclaimer, um, we go to it. They've been filming at performance uh, facilities, so there's no fans uh, present at some of the events, and it really cuts down on a lot of the energy. Mm-hmm. So uh, the development of characters and some of the storylines have really been, I guess you'd say, pretty bad excuse me, uh, the uh, WWE has been kind of going in a nosedive with viewership. Uh, they dropped below 2 million on their ratings on some Monday night shows, and they've switched out head writers multiple times. Paul Heyman had a chance to go through, and he was just, I think, removed and replaced by Bruce Bruce Pritchard, who used to be like the brother love character, okay. if you remember him. Uh, Undertaker officially announced his retirement on the last ride document series. And that was actually a really good look at behind the scenes and kind of how everything was winding down. So he fought at WrestleMania, uh, which was again, not performed in front of crowds. There was big controversy with uh, Florida because everybody wanted to shut it down, but Vince McMahon kept trying to push it. Yeah. And finally they said, you can't have it. So they did two nights, which was kind of weird. Uh, but similar to New Japan Pro Wrestling, what they do on some of their weekend events. But um, they've got some new characters at the top. Braun Strowman is a Andre the Giant kind of figure, uh, power lifter, uh, world's strongest man kind of guy. And um, he's got the body type and the physicality to be a believable champion. But it's just some of the storylines around them, repetitive use of uh, wrestlers that are, are available to use because not everybody's. Uh, into wrestling, uh, I guess you could say during this time. Right. Sami Zayn was a champion, um, and he refused to wrestle during the pandemic, so they stripped him of 
the Intercontinental title. Um, they gave AJ Styles a chance to win it in a tournament for TV. And then they debuted Matt Riddle, who's a former UFC fighter, uh, trying to bring some legitimacy, I guess you can say, to sure. to the sport. And uh, it was pretty interesting. And they have another guy, Drew McIntyre, that's champion on Raw, beat Brock Lesnar. He's got the looks, got the, like, suave, but they had him before, and they really didn't push him. And now he's getting a chance, but there's no fans around. So you're not getting to see if this guy's appealing to the right. markets or anything. So. Uh, but I have to tell you, I've, I've invested stock, my personal viewing with AEW. Yeah. Uh, they've got a couple characters on there that I think if you're into the, uh, you know, old school mentality, Cody Rhodes, Chris Jericho, uh, they've got some young stars, Darby Allen, um, Orange Cassidy is, you, you want to see something that's funny. Uh, you got to Google and do a little research YouTube on Orange Cassidy. <laughs> okay. He's a, uh, he's a different type of character and I think you get a kick out of him. All right. So I'll have to check that out for sure. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no, you mentioned Drew McIntyre and that was one that kind of, uh, you know, set a light bulb off in my head. Cause back when I was watching, I had a buddy that I watched with and he was a huge Drew McIntyre fan back then. And they, like you said, they never used him. Um, I, I think they went, I didn't get to go, but my buddy and my brother uh, ended up going to a TLC in Baltimore one year and it didn't even make it on the TLC shows. One of those pre-match shows where uh, this, like the first note of his intro music hits. And my brother is telling me that my, our buddy is standing up screaming. Yeah. He's the <laughs> only one who knows what's about to happen. <laughs> like nobody else. So he goes, it was, we just kind of laugh about that. And he was, he was always frustrated that they didn't use Drew McIntyre more because he loved him as his favorite wrestler. But it's interesting. Uh, I did see where he was back uh, and I, I didn't know he was champion. So I guess they are trying to push him more, but I didn't think about that without the fans. I, I figured it was probably harder for the wrestlers to, to know what's working or what's not, but even the writers, it's hard to know if the crowd is well, I, I into a, that story. I have, or opinion. Not. I have an opinion on some of these writers. They hired, like about 15 years ago, they stopped listening to the road agents, former wrestlers themselves, like Dean Malenko, Arn Anderson, Dusty Rhodes. They moved towards this Hollywood writer stuff, and they just don't know the story, uh, like how to how to tell a storyline and how to sell, you know, everything. Like back in the later, like 70s and 80s, you had Ric Flair and Dusty Rhodes, and they could cut it on a dime, a promo. And then you had The Rock and Stone Cold because they had more freedom with their character and they were not as scripted. And everything now seems like it's been scripted or forced in, you know, down your throat to right. like these guys. And this is who you cheer and this is who you boo. And it's really presented a problem because they're losing fans and there's just no other option. Uh, TNA was not getting their stuff together. Um, who's the uh, ROH? Right. had a chance, but they really haven't done much. And now with all the social media platforms, uh, NXT, their their minor league for WWE was actually having huge success. And then Vince tried to put them on Wednesday nights to rival AEW on TNT. So you've got a little bit of Monday Night Wars going on there, but AEW, I think, has won almost everyone except for three, three shows. And that's pretty cool. But um, there's Major League Wrestling on YouTube. Uh, on, uh, I think they're getting ready to sign like a social media deal. And then you have, um, 
NWA. NWA made a small comeback, and they were trying to use the YouTube platform for social media. And Billy Corrigan has done a great job with studio wrestling. It was an old-school feel, kind of like the NWA or, I mean, WCW power plant. Sure. And uh, it's just it's died off with everything that's happened with the pandemic. So uh, competition is good. Iron sharpens iron. But uh, just the Hollywood writers, I don't think they understand it's not – it's not a TV drama. There's some of the things just let the characters develop. Yeah, it's interesting that you brought that up because I think that's one of the reasons that I kind of got out of it. I kind of the storylines just it felt like the same storylines being recycled over and over. Or I could, you know, as soon as the storyline started, I knew where it was going to end. And some of the characters they were trying to push, I I just couldn't get behind. Um, I, I'd say the last time I was really invested in WWE was when CM Punk was there, and. Uh, I know that they had a very messy split. Um, now, you could argue that it didn't work out for CM Punk either. He went into the UFC yeah. and at a very bad time. Yeah, but, he, he got he got dogged. Yeah, but but uh, but you know the the crazy thing is is he's now working with Fox Sports. Not he made it known that right. he's not WWE, but he's now a WWE analyst on Fox Sports. He's trying to negate that. I think he's going back, and eventually, sometime down the road. And we always say never say never. Right. And he was a fan favorite and, and because he was anti-establishment. Right. You know, he wasn't afraid to speak his mind with the uh, infamous pipe bomb right. uh, segment where he went all in. But uh, it's, it's just interesting to see how they're going to go, because with Vince McMahon's trial with XFL 2.0 being a bombshell, here, just terrible. Um, there was a lot of money lost in investments and, and people took their stock and just said we're done with it so he's got to recoup a lot of uh the losses that have been you know happening to him so he made a lot of cuts and there's a lot of mainstream rosters uh they're going to be picking up some of these leftovers and getting a chance to see how they develop in other associations will be pretty fun yeah i think that is the benefit of what you're talking about you know i think you said iron sharpens iron and i think you're exactly right with with aew being what seems like an actual legitimate threat to WWE in terms of maybe finally somewhere for people who aren't happy with the WWE, but still want to watch that, you know, male soap opera, as you called it, that it gives them another Avenue to go, okay, well, are they better at doing stories? And it sounds like uh, they still have a long way to go, obviously to catch WWE, but it sounds like at least with Cody Rhodes and I think the experience he's had of being inside WWE and have a wrestling background for him that, that actually has a chance to work out if they can, you know, avoid some major uh, disaster. Uh, and I, I guess we'll see. I mean, they're still filming, I believe, right, during the pandemic as well? Yeah, they're still filming. They're a daily place down in Jacksonville. They're beneficial with billionaire, uh, you know, the owner of the Jaguars' son is right. running it. And it, they have the best tag team wrestling on the planet. Uh, they've got a whole bunch of tag teams that, have signed like the the Young Bucks is a staple, uh, SCU. Um, you've got uh, the Revival is now known as FTR. Um, they've just signed uh, after asking for their releases from WWE. And, and you talk about the road agents that they have working. They have Jim Ross available. Right. They have Arn Anderson. Jake the Snake Roberts is cutting promos again, managing Lance Archer. Um, trying to think. Brian Cage is being managed by Taz. And I mean, there's a lot of old school and new school mix, and it's creating a pretty good hybrid with the fans. 
All right, Coach Loss, we'll get you out of here on uh, another just for fun question here. Uh, and I'm going to steal this one. Leland's not going to be happy with me, but <laughs> I'm going to steal this one from the podcast I do with him. Uh, what are you watching these days uh, that you've had off with, with no sports going on? Uh, what are you getting into on TV? Well, this is no joke. Uh, I know everybody's done it at the beginning of the pandemic. We watched Tiger King yes. on Netflix. Mm-hmm. Uh that kind of was a beautiful distraction at the time. Uh, we watched a lot of Netflix series. Um, you know, we've uh, food network, HGTV. Mm-hmm. I've done a lot of stuff around the house. My wife has uh, given me some good projects and we've done some things together. And I have to give a lot of credit to my wife for there was times that I was really down and she's picked me up and, and pushed me uh, to get back at it back in the fight. Uh, but I watched the all oh, the Last Dance documentary. Yes, for on the Bulls, mm-hmm. that was an, amazing, amazing. And uh, the summer with uh, Sammy Sosa and Mark McGuire was pretty good. Uh, the Thirty for Thirty. So uh, I have to say that the Last Dance documentary was just incredible. That was a touchback to when I was a kid growing up, and you got to see how fierce Michael Jordan was as a competitor and, and how much he wanted to win. And people thought that maybe his uh, you know, he was a bully about how he treated his teammates, but you just saw how much it meant for him to win. Yes, I, I totally agree. I loved the last dance. Um, and really quickly, I guess this will be the last question. Yes or no, did Carol Baskin kill her husband and feed him to tigers? <laughs> Let me tell you something. When she says <laughs> she says it in the mo- in the thing, she goes, I, I will say this. It, it's just this is based off the Netflix series. I'm not going to be held liable for, right, for right, right. Uh, you know, anything saying anything against her. But she says, well, if you're going to kill somebody, you need to put like cover them in sardine oil. <laughs> and I was like, who the heck says that? Yeah, that you know? was oddly so, specific. Yeah. And it was funny because you see on Facebook sometimes uh, they created games when people were delivering packages. The um, postal service people would be able to pick a side. Somebody put a question on the door. Did Carol Baskin do it? And on one side was yes, and on the other side was no. And you hardly ever saw any no packages. You always saw a lot of yeses. So uh, it was just, and it's one side of the story. You never oh, know, yeah. yep. you know, how everything goes through. So, but it was entertaining. And it was. <laughs> I, I mean, it's, and it was a beautiful distraction. And you hope things work out for all parties involved there because there was some, a lot of tragedy going on mm-hmm. uh, throughout that. But. Yes. Yes, there was. And you're exactly right. It was great entertainment and a a beautiful distraction is a great way to put it. But thanks again, Coach Loss, for joining us. And thank you for the kind words. But again, I know I speak for my brother and I and Chris and Dave as well. Uh, We think the world of you and really appreciate everything you do uh, for the Stanton area when you were in Harrisonburg with the Turks. And I'm sure you're going to do great things in Strasburg as well. And we just want to say thank you for all that you do. Well, I've just been blessed with some great opportunities. I've met some cool people along the way. And I have to tell you that, you know, just having a chance to go out there and live and don't be afraid to help somebody up when they're down. And don't be afraid to give praise or compliments to other people when they do a good job. Like our uh, frontline workers, uh, firefighters, uh, the people working in food line, you know, just tell them thank you for working because you never know what they're going through. And we've all been in this together. And I, like I said, if we come out of this united and together, we will beat this. All right. Well, thank you, Coach Loss. And we'll be back next week with more 40 Sports.